Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn. Our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now. We got the same blood, the same love. Stay by your side, it's right or die. All right, welcome back to Forge in the Fires podcast. I'm your host, Fireman Rob. Today's guest, I am excited to have the conversation with. He talks about mental health. He talks about emotional resiliency. And his story is is really one that you have to understand to see where he is at today and how many people he's helping to um, face that stigma. Um, the gentleman I have on today is Pasha Palanker. Thank you so much for joining me in your car. Hey, Rob, appreciate <laughs> you having me on. It's a pleasure to have this conversation. It's, it's, so, it's so great to have a, you know, an, a veteran on, um, two-time Purple Heart recipient, and now you're able to kind of communicate with individuals on a different level. It's that experiential knowledge that you have that you're able to deliver. But I want to go back, actually, because I, I love your story. You're, you're an immigrant um, you came from Madova when you were 15. Tell me more about that experience of, of, of immigrating to the U.S. and then that story of like how you felt like it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I came here uh, when I was 15 from the Republic of Moldova, which there's a lot of action going on over there since it's right next to Ukraine. Right. Um, but when I came here, we immigrated to Los Angeles, just me, my mom, my brother, and my grandparents, and we were in a rough part of town and we had no money, didn't really know much of what's going on, how this, how this country works, but we right. stumbled our way through it. And, you know, it didn't matter that my clothing was donated, that I remember being rejected trying to buy a, a burger, a Jack in the box. Cause I, I you know, I tried to use food stamps. Oh, none wow. of that stuff, none of that stuff, you know, mattered. I was just so grateful to be in America. I, I probably for the six months of my life here, I was like, I would wake up almost pinching myself. It's like, is this really happening? Am I dreaming? <laughs> and, you know, and, and although it was, we lived very poor by, by an average American standard. I was just, I was just so grateful to be, in this nation and then this nation they propped us up and community around us propped us up put us on our feet and, and gave us an opportunity to build our own american dream and uh that that was the main reason why i wanted to enlist in the army despite you know the afghanistan and, and iraq wars that were going on at the time that's a, that's a that's amazing to have that that feeling of being able to you know give back like you did and, and, you know, and when you got into the army, you started as a, a Russian linguist. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I went in. I mean, I really, I, I did, 
I, I knew so things. little about yeah I, well <laughs> no but the, like i knew so little about the army that i was i went to the recruiter he's like take this test oh you speak this language let me put you in this job <laughs> and, and i was like you'll love it <laughs> yeah 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 and that's and that's how i ended up in this job but then after after my first uh few years in the army um you know i learned about the army, about different opportunities. And that's when I went on and tried out for special operations. And that's where I spend most of my time. And how did you like the mindset? That's a, that's what I always love to focus on because there's so many different um, life experiences that people have and paths that they choose. What was your mindset like when you went into the military? What, what did you feel? What did you, what were you thinking it was going to be like? Well, I, you know, I had no idea what to expect. Like, you know, all I had was, you know, the fear that my mom had from our days, like living in Soviet Union and how terrible uh, that military was with the hazing and everything else that comes with that, but right. just like to extreme level. And really, that's all I knew about the military. So when when I when I went in, I went in into boot camp. It was just I just kept an open mind. Just like, well, it is what it is. I can I can I'm here now, and and it was it was scary and it was intimidating. And uh, you know, I just I've never been outside of Los Angeles at that point. So and my English still wasn't that great. So there was a lot of a lot of uh, anxiety around and insecurity around who I was and trying to figure out. Uh, oh, who I am right in the process. Right. But I, I found a lot of those answers while serving in the military and it wasn't easy, but no. uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah. there was just so much meaning. There was just so much meaning behind it and purpose. And, and uh, I'm very grateful for that experience. And, you know, there's a, there's a story that you have um, two time purple heart recipient and, Tell me more about that day. So you you were in a non-deployable unit, but then um, you went and volunteered for your first deployment, and you were attached to an EOD unit, which is an explosive ordnance device team. That that's a pretty uh, tough yeah. assignment to be uh, on your first assignment deployed. What was that? What was that like when you got over there? Like, how did you um, meld with the the EOD team, and and kind of what was your role? Well, it was so. It was it was overwhelming. Um, <laughs> I can understand you know, that. <laughs> it was it was overwhelming because uh, you know as part of that team, you go out and you're involved in every incident that has to do with any explosive, anything that has to do with explosives, whether it's an ID, an explosion that just happened, uh, or whether it was found, and then EOD team goes out to to um, to clear it to detonate right. it and then i was there my team was there we were there to collect whatever kind of uh information we can about you know the device itself and then figure out try to build a bigger picture of the networks of people who build them and then and then we can you know can go and neutralize them but again i was it was it was so overwhelming and then these experiences you know i you spend you know one two three times a day you go out on the scene where um somebody got hurt a lot of times somebody got killed some of these some of these events we would go out where u.s service members were not involved but they detonated you know it's a sunni it was a sunni shia 
uh, situation where they detonated a truck in a crowded marketplace, 150 people that are dead. And so just going out and, and being on scenes like that and seeing, seeing and experiencing the chaos, you know, the crying, the, the pain, the anguish, the, you know, the, some of it is really gruesome to be around and the, the smell and the sound. It was just, it was not, it was, it was overwhelming, but yeah, I can, you know, yeah, the mind, I mean, you've probably experienced a lot, not a lot, but you've experienced some similar stuff, you know, being a fireman and going out on these scenes. Uh, it, it was just, it's, but you know, you, you get used to it, right? Like right, eventually, you get numb to it, the right? <laughs> yeah, you get numb to it and it becomes the norm until right. you come home, until you come home. Right. Yeah. And that that purple heart probably weighs pretty heavy. I, I've I've talked to a few others who've had purple hearts, and it, it weighs pretty heavy on on their soul, on their on their being. You know, how do you see that that purple heart? Because like you know, you survived a an IED that was close to that. You know, you were right there next to it. Yeah. What is that? What is that feeling that you have that you were able to um, survive in those moments? What does that What does that mean to you? Well, well, first let's go purple heart, purple heart. You know, it's an interesting word. It's an award that nobody else wants. Yeah. Uh, but once you have it, it's, it's, it's uh, like a little, you know, badge of courage, almost like, you know, right. I've been there and I've done that and there's no question about it, but there's also a lot of guilt that comes with the purple heart because you know, I've been awarded two Purple Hearts and I'm fortunate enough to have all my limbs and, and, and mainly to be intact outside of, you know, not being able to hear it in my left ear, everything else healed. But, you know, you have how many service members have died and received the Purple Heart or I have several friends who are triple amputees, you know, they're missing both legs and an arm. And it's the same award. There's no, there's no degree to a purple heart. It's, it's not right. like, <laughs> right. So yeah, no, I so, totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. So purple heart, it's, it is a heavy, it's a, it's a heavy award to, to wear. Uh, and it's, it's an interesting one. It, there's a, a lot of mixed emotions that come with it. I can imagine. But yeah. uh, as far as surviving that stuff, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gratitude, especially, but early on, there's a lot of gratitude and like, man, I can't believe I walked away from that. But then just like everything else, being human, you kind of, it gets, you get used to it and you start taking life for granted. Once again, at least I did. I'm, right. I don't know, maybe. Right. And, and you no, start, I can hear, yeah. Yeah. And, and you, and you kind of, you forget how, how lucky, how blessed you are to be here and have another chance at life. Um, you know, but then for me, it happened a couple more times. And so I had to get punched, punched in the face a few more times. <laughs> punched in the face, just, kicked in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just, just to get to, to, to this point to now, it's like, man, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm really grateful for every, for every day that I get. And how, how did your transition of who you were um, throughout your time in the military, how did you see yourself grow or how did you see some things um, diminish in your life? 
What what did that look like? Because when you went in, you said, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what this was about. When you left, who is that Pasha? Who is that person that left? Oh boy, I don't think we have enough enough time. I know. To, just to, just <laughs> well, to you just keep going, question. brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just tell you this: like like a lot of young men, I, I joined the military. One of the things I was looking for is uh, to test myself, to find out about myself, who I am, and and that kept happening throughout. Like I volunteered for the deployment because uh, you know I didn't want we all thought the war was going to be over and then it's done. So I didn't want to be like in the army and, and, and not go and contribute to the fight. Right. Who knew it was going to last another 20 years. But, right, but right. that the reason, the reason why I volunteered is like, cause that was, it was a constant search as a young man to, to try and find myself and uh, going out and trying out uh, to be in special operations and then going out and, and doing all difficult schools. All of it was part of searching to find out who I am and also, you know, trying to build myself as a, as a man from inside out. Right. But you know, you know, what what, uh, the interesting thing that happened is I did not really find that I was doing stuff to prove myself in the eyes of others, in the eyes of my peers. And, but I was not fulfilling that, that hole that was inside of me that I kept searching to, to, to find, to find answers to. It was not, it just was not enough. It didn't, it didn't happen until, until I hit a rock bottom uh, from my struggles with my mental health. And, uh, and, and it's, and it's, it's only after that. It's only when, when I hit that rock bottom is when I, and, and I started to, to search myself at a deeper level. That's when I started, started to find the answer. So it wasn't the tough wow. yeah. schools. It was, it was this existential crisis I was going through, you know, as, as a, at this point, as a husband, as a father to, to four boys, and then as a service member who's who's being uh, forced to medically retire because of because of my mental health, that's when I actually found the answers to that I was looking for huh. while serving. That's I love I love that that whole transgression because it's so powerful because I think a lot of people <clears throat> have been through that but haven't really been able to verbalize it. And that's have you seen that power of being able to verbalize what you went through to get to where you are? Um, powerful to yourself, not uh, not just other people. Um, so I'm I'm not sure if I understood the correction. Have I seen? Uh, it, was it just as powerful to you as it is to other people to hear about your how you transgressed from that that mental health that that dark place to where you are now? Is that continue to help you to be better and find new paths for you to be able to be mentally well? Oh my God. It's, it's been life changing and it's been, so, um, you know, three years ago, probably three years ago, almost to the day, cause it was around this time, around Memorial day, three years ago when I, I was, I was done. Like I was in a mm-hmm. place where suicide was, was real and it was right. illogical because I was, I was carrying such a heavy burden. It was suffocating me. I was, I had no, 
I had no ability to be around my wife and kids just because I was irritable and angry and I would snap over like any little thing. So I would isolate myself and, and while isolated, I would drink and, and numb my pain, but then I would feel guilty about not being there with my family and, and my kids would look at me all scared. And, and then, right. and then at the same time, isolation with COVID was happening. So I couldn't be around any other veterans, which was, which is very powerful and uplifting when just, it's just good to be around somebody who understands what you're feeling, what you're going through without you saying a word. So that, it, it was kind of perfect storm that hit me three years ago. Wow. So I didn't know what else to do. And uh, I, I uh, didn't take the suicide route just because uh, I didn't want to leave my kids without a dad. And, uh, and uh, you know, I've lost a lot of friends to suicide and seeing the aftermath of, okay, so the, the, the veteran is not suffering anymore, but man, all that pain is Everybody transferred onto the, onto the family, right? Right. So I couldn't, I couldn't do that to my family. And so I, I mean, I, I got in the car and I drove myself to ER where I ended up, you know, spending time in a psychiatric ward. It wasn't pleasant. It was, it was, it was, was not good. I mean, I'm not, I mean, that's, that's yeah. a lot of courage to do that. Well, I, you know, I, I mean, think that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you look at your kids, I mean, because you you've even said like you started to see your anger, your frustration, your shortness with your boys. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What was that? What was that feeling in your mind? Like you know, I mean, you look at what you did in the military, and and you served honorably, and you and you did all these things, and your boys looked at you, and they they mimicked you. What was that feeling when you started to see that the bad side mimicked? I, I, you know, the first thing is like, I was, I'm passing my, my PTSD, I'm passing it down to my kids. That's, and, and that was actually, that was my wake up call is like, okay. Yeah. You know, I can say that I don't need help because I'm fine. But once you see it affecting other people and people closest to you, that's when that was a wake up call for me. It was like, I need to do something about this. Wow. So it was eye-opening that, like, the first time when I saw, you know, one of my boys, that anger, my anger in him towards one of his brothers, that was my wake-up call, man. Wow. And and you've created, you, you've you even stepped out more. I mean, I love that you, you're still doing jumps. Uh, that's awesome. Like, oh, man. How, how, it's got to be, that's adrenaline rush, isn't it? <laughs> well, it used to be. You know, now, like, <laughs> changed now. Well, now it's, it's, it's focused because the jumps that I'm doing, it's performance, right? It's jumping right. into an event and there's a, a lot of pride in flying an oh, 1100 right. square foot, square foot American flag or the purple heart flag or the, the gold star honor and member flag. And but there's also a lot of pressure that comes with, you gotta, you can't miss the spot where you land. It's a lot of times we jump into stadiums with thousands yeah. of people and some important people, or sometimes it's family members. So, so that's that's where the adrenaline rush comes from. It's not uh, the jump itself anymore. It's that's just a, you can't cute. screw it up. But that was, <laughs> yeah, jumping jumping was something that I did while in the service. And before I retired, I became a free fall instructor for the army. Um, and it, it's one of the things, jumping and running, it's one of those things that were my lifeline when I was struggling emotionally. 
Oh, you know, wow. when you jump, you know, you, you can, you can distract yourself, you know, with a, <laughs> with a cell phone, with a bottle of bourbon, with yep. a lot of things, but you can also do it with jumping. And, and that's what jumping was for me. So yeah. Now what was I'm one well, of your, what was one well, of your most impactful jumps that you've done? Well, uh, it was two that just happened recently. And both of them were, I jumped into the Rose Bowl, UCLA versus Stanford football game. And oh, my man. mom and my, yeah, my mom and my brother were on the sideline. I joined the army about 20 minutes from there, from the stadium Seriously. Uh, in Los <laughs> Angeles. So that was, that was pretty awesome. And then uh, I jumped into the military bowl this past December with, my wife and all four of my boys on the sideline with Maryland oh. governor Hogan and, you know, in flying the purple heart flag into like a, a full stadium. That was, that was, that was, yeah. Yeah. That was powerful, man. What was that? What was that like to, I mean, you talked about the hard part of mimic your boys mimicking the wrong things, but them being able to see you do that. What, what does that mean to you to be able to show them the right way of living well well that's it and you, you know and that's and, and i talk to them about everything um i talk to them about my struggles uh i talk to them about what i went through i talked to them about about the mistakes that i made and and then i also explain to them how all the dark side the dark parts of my life how that facing them and dealing with them in the right way, how that led to me being able to do these things that that we're doing now. I mean, I'll tell you an even crazier story. I just yesterday I just landed from from me. I took two of my two older boys to Israel for a family wedding. Oh wow! And and while we're there, we start getting rocketed like like no shit rocketed. That the, oh, that was where, last week. That, yeah, that was, oh, I mean, yes. that was just on, that was just on Saturday, like two days oh, ago. Geez. We, and never in my life, I would have thought that I'm going to hear and feel explosions anymore, but here we are. And now I'm here with my kids and, and, uh, you know, that situational awareness and the ability to stay calm is what kept back? them calm. Did it bring Did, anything what back you for you? Oh like yeah, when, when Absolutely. You're... How, how do you, how did you, cause I think that's always the fear for a lot of people, you know, like <clears throat> being in a situation where they're not, re not really prepared for that. Something like that will happen, you know, whether it's, you know, the smell of concrete dust, that's what gets me wet concrete. Um, uh -huh. but how did you, in that moment, how did you prepare yourself so that in that moment of unknown, that you were able to, uh, in essence, like you said, be calm for your boys, be able to um, be calm for yourself. How did you prepare yourself for that? Well, I think I think it would happen for you in the same way. If whatever your triggers are, if those triggers are as a as a result of an actual threat, then like my mind just went back to mission focus. Like right. like I'm 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 in combat, and we gotta you know make it through. And it's, it's very different. Like when I'm here and I hear fireworks on the 4th of July, I know I'm not in combat, right. but it's, it stirs up everything, right? It brings up memories and it, and it just takes me to this dark place. 
I know I'm safe, but it takes me to a dark place. Here, yeah. where, where this was a real life situation, it's like, okay, I'm not in a good place physically, but my mind was where it needed to be. Just oh, because wow. it was, yeah. is it's it, it's different. It's it, it. I mean, I who knew that I would get to experience something like that again? That's cra- that's crazy. I mean, that's people just. It, it's hard to grasp that, and I always love to get mindsets like yours um, to be able to deliver because not everybody has those experiences, but they have what would be dreamed as a trauma in their life experiences. You know, it, it, you may look, you and I may look at it as like, oh man, that's not that bad. But that's what they've experienced, and I think it's so powerful to be able to have those different perspectives for people to see. I, I love the next thing that I want to talk about is um, you do jujitsu and Muay Thai, mm-hmm. and you created the compound. Tell me more about that. Well, you're giving me a lot of credit there. I I I, I was. I'm going to give you a lot of credit. You've done a lot of stuff. It doesn't matter. No, you created it. <laughs> I. I I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. But I was I was fortunate enough to be good friends with uh, my co-founder, Pal. He is the man behind the compound. I just, I believed in him. I supported him. And, and man, I, I feel like I, I, I missed out. The compound has been open since 2019. And I just recently started to go there consistently. And again, I would, you know, I've done my combative stuff while in the army i wasn't that interested in it but then uh, as my older boy was getting really into wrestling there's a youth wrestling program there and i took him there one time and then there's jujitsu going on at the same time yeah and i watched it and then i felt like a punk it's like well what i'm gonna sit here for an hour and a half while my son while my son is getting his butt kicked and i'm just so i just went in the next practice i went in and boy man that Tumbling, was an right? eye-opening. Holy <laughs> smokes. Like, yeah. everything that I've been through meant nothing when you're on that net. And these 20-year-old <laughs> kids are just, they're just destroying me left and right. Oh. Yeah, and, that's, that's where you need that help of that mindset. Uh, <laughs> but, man, and, and, you know, and it's like, and I had to keep showing up. It, it got to a point where my, like, I would hope that my son would be like, man, I don't feel like going to wrestling today. <laughs> <laughs> you really want to go today yeah yeah it's like are you sure are you sure you're like your your ankle is all healed up but at you, least you didn't kick you know it that would have been bad uh, yeah well yeah well you, now you're giving me ideas i know but i know you, i know you know but i kept going right and i just kept right. getting beat up and and it took a few few months of me getting consistently and i would dread it every time but now like i'm starting to see things and feel things and now i'm getting out of things and, and i'm starting to feel progress and that right. feeling of progress that feeling of progress is huge um i'm i'm, I'm still getting my butt kicked you know every time <laughs> But right. I can have something to hold on to, right? That I got ba- better, and 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 that that human to human contact, that mm-hmm. that physical exertion, that's been. I was already doing well with my mental health, and and but the jujitsu took it to the next level, and uh, I think this thing is going to stay with me as long as my body can keep up. Uh, oh. I'm going to keep going. I love that, and it, it relates so. What you just talked about relates so well to the mental health because we get beat up, we get beat up, yeah. And you have those little victories that a lot of times we don't hold on to, and yeah. Then you lose that, and then you get beat up and beat up and beat up, and it's like, when do I? When can I stop? When can I stop? 
and that's that yeah. suicide idea. But that's so powerful that you have that component and that you went through that. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about, you know, the emotional resilience and in your life, like you said, every time you go back to that jujitsu gym, you're like, oh crap, I'm going to get beat up again. Is it the same in your mind? How do you keep that resilience to be the best dad, husband, just human that you can be? Um, well, it's not easy, right? It's, it's, right. it's not easy. And it's not like, despite what it looks like on social media for me or anybody else. Wait, that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> not like I, you know, we have our setbacks and I still have my moments where I, I, I snap. So for me, I just quickly, I had a, um, you brushed on it, but I had a face to face with the suicide bomber. Right. And he was so close to me that like, you know, I, like the only option I had was like, he was in his vehicle. I was in my vehicle on, on the roof. And the only option I had was to pick up my rifle, lean over the, my protective plates and, and just engage him right over the top. Right. And my brain was like, Oh, that's not a good idea. So like all, all my, my head wanted to do is just drop down. And, and I, I'm sure it was just a split second because it was only like a 15 second in, interaction. But then I felt this anger unlike anything I've ever experienced. And, and I picked up my rifle and I leaned over and, and, and I took action and I, 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 I slowed him down, just slowed him down enough, just enough. We passed him and then he ended up detonating about 10, 15 behind. So the point is anger saved my life on, on that, on that day. And then several other days in combat afterwards, which is very common, right? Anger is what drives action. Right. Problem is, I, I couldn't turn it off. And I, I didn't even know that I need to turn it off. And I wasn't aware of it uh, and, and the impact. Because it started out slowly. It started out with like some road rage thing here and there before I had kids. And then when I had kids, that anger, like would spill milk. And I would go like, I'm face to face with a suicide bomber again. Right. It, it, I would just overreact drastically. So... Uh, you asked me about, you know, how do, how do I deal with like, with the pressure of being the the best husband and father? And and the point is I still have moments where, you know, I snap and I overreact. I I don't put my, my, my hands on the kids, but, or my wife, that's, that's never been a problem, but it's still, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, I'm terrifying them. Just, just my, what they did is not warranted. And, and, you know, I realize what happened. I go and I and I, I go on a long run or do something that allows my mind to settle down. Then I come back and uh, I, I take ownership of what I did. I That's explain huge. to them how I was wrong. And, and every time this happens, it happens uh, not to the same degree. So my anger is not as bad. So it gets better over time and it doesn't happen as often. And, and that's how that's how I came out of it. Yeah, uh, it's it's, but it's communication. It's constantly trying and, and not giving up. Just because you have a setback, you you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and then you uh, get back to working on it. And 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 then and then it, it's that feeling of progress. There was plenty of times where I I would have normally snapped, but I didn't. And then you celebrate that and you make sure you explain to your wife and your kids that that's, that's what happened. And you got to give yourself credit and you, you got to get somebody else credit because you, that's, that's encouraging. 
and and they see it and the kids see it and they see the progress and and you know just like on the way down you destroy yourself like one day at a time one one bad decision at a time it's the same way on the way back up uh, from that from the dark place you get better one day at a time i love it i love it hey you just got to keep going yeah you just got to keep going I love, I love, I love the message. I love what you've done. You know, I appreciate your service to the country and, um, and, and also for just all the wisdom you instilled in my, uh, my audience today. I always end the podcast the same way with three questions. Are you ready? Uh, sure. <laughs> no, Let's come on. You have more confidence than that. Yeah. I got <laughs> uh, so when, if you could go back to your 18 year old self and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? You know, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. It's like you, it, the first instinct instinct is don't, don't make this mistake. Don't make that mistake. Right. But the reality is it's my mistakes that got me to the place where I'm at now. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very grateful for my life now. I'm grateful for my suffering. So I don't know if I would change anything. And the stuff that I would change, it's it's just, it's trivial in, in a way, like maybe I would have, it's just an example, not that I would have done it. Maybe I would have joined the Marines instead of the Army, right? Or would have gone to the Ranger Regiment <laughs> instead of this other unit. But then my whole right. life would have been different. I wouldn't meet my wife. So I wouldn't change anything. It's I just it. keep going, right? Keep going one day at a time. I love that. I love that. All right, so here's the second one. So everybody has challenges and struggles on their level that they go through every single day. If you could give them so, give them two pieces of or two habits or two pieces of advice that they can incorporate into their daily life to continue to move forward, what would those two things be? Well, first thing, and this is the most important, is take responsibility for your life. It's easy to blame somebody else. Like for us... For, for veterans, it's easy to blame the VA or the army or the leadership. Yep. You lose control. You lose control over that. And that's what I did for a long time. As soon as I took responsibility, now all of a sudden I started to find answers and solutions outside of the things that I was blaming before. So you have to take responsibility for your life. That's it. That's the, you can't do anything without that. Right. And, and, and number two, as far as the daily habits, start small start with the smallest thing that it sounds stupid and insignificant but making my bed every morning love it <laughs> love that. making my bed because you start small and then that becomes a habit and then you're like well what's what else can i do and then and then you pick up this other habit now these two habits and it's the progress it's that feeling of progress but you can't get there if you do you know try to <laughs> try to get better in one day and change right. everything in white. It doesn't happen that way. Start small and, and, and chase that feeling of progress as we talked about several times. I, I, I love those two. All right. This last one's going to be fun. Um, if you could have coffee at a firehouse table. So in other words, n- there's no questions off the table. Everybody's going to answer everything with three people. They can be deceased or alive. Who would those three people be? Well, I mean, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to get to meet and speak with, with some, some good people in my life. 
but the, there's i'll give you right. one person because there's one very clear cut i don't know who, who the other ones would be probably probably have to go back in history but it would be kobe bryant um, oh, i love that so, yeah he has had a pretty significant impact on my life and it's you know it's it's he he would be the one and then outside of that we would have to go back to like somebody like marcus aurelius Ooh, uh, i like that one yeah yeah and the third one out uh maybe it'll come up come to me later on during during a conversation <laughs> I, I love it i love it yeah you just you just call them up and invite the third one i like it yeah 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 <laughs> how well, about sure. how about you how about me oh man i've never had anybody ask me this question this is good i like this um you know one of the th- one of the people that always interests me with george washington um okay he i mean the amount of things that he had to go through and for him to say no i don't want to be president we're just getting back into the same thing I think that's just an amazing person to yeah. understand like the reality of the transition of a country. I think that'd be one, yeah. one that I would love. Um, you is the yeah. next one. Cause we're still having a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like uh, that answer. Yeah. Wait, then, wait. I, yeah. It, it, you know, it would get there. And then, um, you know, the last one I would have to say, um, gosh, General Patton is always one of those ones that I I loved uh, the mindset of, and it was so uh, it was so interesting doing all the uh, I did a bunch of research on him, and he uh, he had so many different quirks that people didn't like, but there was so many different leadership qualities that he instilled in others that he lived not just in the military but in his personal life that just made him just a, an amazing individual. It was kind of it was he's a he's a can you say freak of nature? <laughs> <laughs> He's just different, right? I love it. Yeah. I love that you asked me yeah. that question. I've never had that that happen. That was good. Like oh, it. man. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Thanks for answering. Well, I want to make sure. You know. Oh, no problem. I want, I want to make sure people go to your website because um, you do keynote speaking. You do coaching. Um, you know, you talk about mental health and overcoming adversity. Make sure you go to Pasha. Uh, plank planker um you spell that p-a-s-h-a-p-a-l-a-n-k-e-r.com make sure you go there you do not want to miss out on him being able to come to your company and speak on overcoming adversity and mental health but at the same time man you just taught you just exude the resilience in life i love that i appreciate you coming on today and i wish you the best of luck Thanks, Rob. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you having this conversation and getting these, uh, you know, these our stories into the world because this is how we make an impact and, yes. and this is how we help each other. It's not. It. It's not. It's like it's like it's not an organization that's going to come and save us. But this is nope. where impact is made. Thank you. Thanks for listening and supporting the Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast and please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. Until next time, live your life forged in the fires.